Hello, everybody. What's up? Welcome back to Fast Pass, bitches. <laughs> uh, we are the History Podcast in close to 30 minutes or less. <laughs> As always, I am Jason. And I am Megan. I almost said your name. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, I know we talked about quite a bit of things recently. Like, holy shit, we've talked about quite a bit of things. I mean, like, we're had... jumping all over the goddamn place. Okay, this is 37, like, episodes plus specials. So, we've been talking about 30, maybe 40 things. Yeah, and, like, how many presidents have we talked about? One. Oh, well, we talked about JFK getting killed. Okay, so we talked about one. Um, and then we we've mentioned several. Mentioned Woodrow Wilson um, because of the Night of Terror. Mm -hmm. Mentioned Bill Clinton very briefly in Rwanda. Um... I feel like we've mentioned a good amount of presidents. Mm-hmm. How about this? Let's do another... Uh, let's make this the second president episode. Oh, wait, Andrew Jackson. Oh, was fuck. That, damn it. Third what president mean, what's episode. What's the third president? What's the second one? We did Andrew Jackson. We did Andrew Jackson. Oh, and we JFK. did JFK. So this and, is going to be our third. And who's going to be our third? Teddy motherfucking Roosevelt. Easily the most entertaining president in U.S. history. Easily the greatest president of all time. Yeah, good old Teddy. Teddy. October 27th, 1858. Set the scene. New York City, New York. The legend begins. Born of his own magnificence. And his wealthy slave-owning parents, Theodore Sr. and Martha Bulk Roosevelt. He came into existence in peak physical condition. Yeah, he was frail and a sickly child with poor eyesight and asthma. But his most powerful tool was his mind. That, yeah, you know what? That one's actually true. He was privately tutored and showed quite the range of knowledge in many topics. It's where he grew his passion for animals and nature. His power only grew as he got older. Yeah, he knew his, he was weak like his body was. So as a teen, he began getting into weightlifting, gymnastics, and boxing to increase his body strength. Look, I feel like you're undermining my story a little bit. Look, I'm just stating facts here. Yeah, well, meh. Anyway, Theodore, or Teddy, Teddy, <laughs> as his parents would call him. His parents called him Titty? Titty. Titty. Not Titty. Not Titty. Titty. T-E-E. D-I-E. Teddy. So like Teddy, but Teddy. Teddy. Apparently, he wasn't fond of being called Teddy, so... So he'd rather be called Teddy than Teddy. Okay. Whatever. Um, being who he was and with his intel intelligence from being privately tutored, he managed to get into Harvard College. Um, his father died his second year of school. Yeah, but even with the loss of his father, he still managed to graduate magna cum laude. Loud? Mm -hmm. Laude. Loud. Latte? Loud. Loud. Latte. Magna cum laude. <laughs> in 1880. Also, to put it out there, he studied biology, history, French, and German, and other shit as well. Dude was smart. Uh, okay, well, what was his major? Uh, about that. Because after doing some research, the whole concept of a major didn't exactly exist in Harvard at this time. So his degree might have been a Bachelor of the Arts degree. Look, the president of Harvard at the time, Charles William Eliot, was credited with the introduction of concentrations into the school's curriculum. Yeah. So while concentrations started to become a thing in Harvard at the time, they weren't yet implemented, which is absolutely wild to me. So the introduction of like degrees and majors didn't happen until after the 1900s? Yes. He also introduced like a bunch of other things like um, the, the idea of concentrations as well as uh, studying like other things as well, like um, majors and minors. Sure. Majors and minors, but more along the lines of um, gen ed, not gen ed, the uh, the extracurriculars, 
Electives. Electives. Why did I say extracurricular? What the fuck? I don't know, dude. <laughs> yes, electives. But electives, so people can go out and like pick up other bits of information and use that to their degree of whatever the hell it was going to be. Okay, so even though he didn't have a degree, I'm going to say he was a science major. Yep, nature sciences. With a history minor. Well, yeah, he did end up writing a book about... Um, I think it was either the Navy or the Army. I don't remember which one, but it was definitely military. So what you're saying is, if Teddy was alive right now, he'd be on Fastpass. I mean, like, as a guest star, not like... Cause that would be interesting, Wouldn't actually. Wouldn't that be? I feel like Teddy would be a good person to have. Eh, I don't know. He might tell us what to do the entire time. <laughs> Anyways, um, he followed up this whole uh, Harvard thing by going to Columbia Law School and getting married to Alice Lee Hathaway. I love that every Hathaway has to have an A in their first name. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Alice Hathaway, Shakespeare's Anne Hathaway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he dropped out after a year at Columbia, where at the age of 23, he was elected to the New York State Assembly. He would serve two terms from 1882 to 1884. In 1884, his mother and his wife both died on the same day, which is Tragic. the worst luck you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Uh, this tragedy ended up pushing him away from politics and city life in general. He spent the next two years grieving, quote, on a ranch he owned in the badlands of the Dakota Territory, where he hunted big game, drove cattle, and worked as a frontier sheriff. Yeah, when you say badlands, it makes me think of, like, the elephant graveyard in, in uh, Lion, Lion King. King. <laughs> I feel like hyenas are just chilling over there. That's what he's, he's, he's hunting hyenas and he's lions. He's basically the Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> so when he got back to New York, he married his childhood sweetheart, um, and they would have six kids together, including his daughter from his first marriage. So he had his daughter Alice with his first wife, Alice, and with his second wife, Edith Caro, they had Theodore Jr., Quinton, Archibald, Ethel, and Kermit. The frog? Uh, no, the Roosevelt. 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 Maybe he was the frog. All right, but let's speed things up and start talking about his path to the White House. Yeah, and there are some things that we're going to just gloss over because they're just common knowledge about Teddy and he's just very public and out there and he's already given credit for them so we're just going to mention them but focus on some other things as well like how he ran for mayor of New York and lost uh, but then he got a job in the U.S. Civil Service Commission as a reward by President Benjamin Harrison for his quote service to the Republican Party how about him becoming president of the New York City Board of Police Commissioners or how William McKinley in 1897 named him the Assistant Secretary of the U.S. Navy. And then he abandoned that position to become Colonel of the 1st U.S. Volunteer Cavalry, a.k.a. the Rough Riders, in the Spanish-American War only a year later, which was my, fun fact, first introduction to Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. What about how the Republican Party in New York pushed him to the moon because he was a returning war hero who gained a lot of fame from his work in the Battle of San Juan? And how, in a position of power, he refused to fold to pressure from his party's demands. Quote, in 1900, the leading New York Republican, Thomas C. Platt, conspired with the National Party boss, Mark Hanna, to get Roosevelt named as McKinley's running mate in order to keep him from running for a second term in the governor's office. The Republican Party hated him so much that they wanted him to become the vice president so he would be locked down in, as Teddy would eventually say later on, the worst position. Mm -hmm. The most useless, he said. Wow. Because he felt so trapped and couldn't do anything because he's the vice president, not the president, so he doesn't have the power. That's how you really feel. Yeah. He was, like, pissed. They they pushed him into that position because they didn't want him doing anything as governor. Holy Whoa. shit. <laughs> um, 
But then he became the vice president of McKinley. And in 1901, after a landslide victory for McKinley, anarchist Leon, I'm going to fuck this name up, Solos? Zolgos? Sure. Zolgos. C-Z-O-L-G-O-S-Z. I'm going to fuck up saying it, so I'm just going to spell it for you. Um, So Leon, that thing, shot and killed McKinley, forcing Teddy to be sworn in as the 26th president. And just a weird fun fact here. McKinley actually didn't die from the assassination, so he got shot, and then they're like, oh my God, is there a doctor around? And this gynecologist was like, yo, what's up? I'm here. So he's like, okay, I got this. And he like took out the bullet, and he's like, you're good, my guy. But then he didn't clean the wound, and he didn't do the right thing, and... McKinley actually died of gangrene from the wound. Approximately not, six days later. Yeah, not um, the actual assassination. So blame that gynecologist for McKinley's death. Is that malpractice or is it I mean, like I think a, it was like in the heat of the moment. Like, okay, imagine like you get fucking shot in the arm. I'm like, oh my God, is there someone around? And someone's like, yeah, I'm a fucking doctor. Like you don't have any of your supplies. Mm. Really, it's on the doctors like at the White House to be like, hey, did you should we clean maybe this? clean the wound or like do something and they're like nah man i trust this gynecologist that i got in a crowd while i got shot one time Mm -hmm. you know then uh, as the nation's youngest president at this point the 42 year old quote expressed the progressive belief that the government should mandate should mediate between conflicting forces including capital and labor isolationism and expansionism and conservation and development in order to stabilize the american society and how he immediately changed up the image of the White House by inviting quite a few people to in to, like, entertain them. Those people included cowboys, explorers, writers, artists, prize fighters. And apparently there's a story that he got into a fight with one of his cabinet members because he would just fight people in the White House a lot. And one of the cabinet members punched him so hard in the face that he started to lose vision in one of his eyes. So he needed glasses before, but he definitely needed them then. (laughs) Shit, fam. Yeah. And in 1912, he, quote, sparked a scandal when he invited African-American educator Booker T. Washington to dine with him and his family. Hell yeah. He was the first president ever to entertain a black man in the White House. 1912, notice the date. And then there's the whole teddy bear thing would happen because he refused to shoot a bear cub on a hunting trip in 1902. Yeah. But what about the square deal, where he, quote, promised to battle large industrial combinations or trusts, which threatened to restrain trade, end quote. He was essentially trying to destroy major conglomerates. And don't also forget that he set aside 200 million acres for national forests, reserves, and wildlife refugees in order to protect and preserve these areas, which is five times more than all of his predecessors combined, including, now this section included the Great Canyon and Yosemite. The Great Canyon? It's the fucking Grand Canyon. It's not just great, it's grand. It's grand, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) His conservational belief was to make these lands off-limits to commercial exploitation of lumber, minerals, and water power. He also helped form a blockade against Colombia's naval fleet from preventing Panama from building their ever-famous canal, as well as aiding Panama's secession from Colombia. In 1906, he pressed Congress, quote, to pass the Pure Food and Drug and Meat Inspection Act, which created agencies to assure protection to consumers. And if you've ever read the book The Jungle, you fucking know why. Yeah. But I got two words for you. Mm-hmm. Monroe Doctrine. It stated, quote, that the United States would bar foreign intervention in Latin America and act to police the hemisphere, ensuring that countries paid their international debts, end quote, which is just the gist of it. But he was a bit of a dick about this when he forced places like the, the Dominican Republic to have an American, quote, economical advisor. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's the Nobel Peace Prize for his work mediating peace in the Russo-Japanese War. Then there's the whole bull moose party thing, which we all pretty much know about. But that came about because the Republican Party got pissed that he was too progressive and constantly did his own thing despite party beliefs. So he ended up starting the Progressive Party, a.k.a. the Bull Moose Party. And uh, then there was the assassination attempt that failed. But after he got shot, he refused to go to the hospital. So he went out and made his speech to the public before visiting a medical facility. He would later lose that election to Woodrow Wilson. And fun fact, he apparently hated Wilson's guts so much that uh, the Republicans started to like him again. So he immediately jumped from the progressive party that he made right into the waiting arms of the Republicans who also fucking hated mm-hmm. Wilson. Same. And they were ready to have Teddy as their uh, 1920 candidate before he passed away in 1919, which is less than three months before his 60th birthday. And the rest is history. Well, guys- uh, not really. Oh. Because we talked about some of the best things that Teddy did. We didn't talk about some of his more dickish moments. Um, some of which we are still suffering from to this day. The Brownsville riot, for one. Quote, Roosevelt also moved precipitously and high-handedly to punish a regiment of some 160 African-American soldiers, some of whom had allegedly engaged in a riot in Brownsville, Texas, in which a man was shot and killed. Although no one was ever indicted and a trial was never held... Roosevelt assumed all were guilty and issued a dishonorable discharge to every member of the group, depriving them of all benefits. Many of the soldiers were close to retirement and several held the Medal of Honor. When Congress decried the president's actions, Roosevelt replied, The only reason I didn't have them hung was because I couldn't find out which ones did the shooting. Which, hmm. I love how in one breath he's progressive enough to bring a black man to the White House, Booker T. Washington, nonetheless, and in the next breath, he punishes 160 black people because he couldn't find proof of something and just assumed that they were guilty. He literally assumed they were guilty before their proven innocence. And there was no trial held. No trial. Mm -hmm. So he punished these people for his own beliefs. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Yeah. That's not how a president is supposed to respond. Well, there's also the issue that, quote, he believed that civilized nations had a responsibility for stewardship of barbarous ones. And that includes quite a bit of Latin America as well as the Philippines. Yeah, I didn't want to say it when you mentioned it, but when you talked about like policing Latin America, Mm -hmm. that gave me such a negative feeling. And also there is some things about the Panama Canal that is sketchy on the American side of things. Yes. Um, So I, I, I mean, I hate this, this constant idea throughout history that civilizations and countries and continents that are different than Western thinking are considered barbaric Mm -hmm. and and backward thinking Mm -hmm. when in fact they are probably fine. I mean, for a long time, Venezuela was doing way better financially than we were. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think it's, I think it's just awful that we had this idea to police them and we ended up doing more harm. That's still a thing that's prevalent throughout history. Like, um, if you think about it, in Africa, there's the tribes that have the the shields and spears. I think it's like the Zulu. Yeah. They are considered savages. But then we look at the Vikings who would raid and pillage with axes and shields, but we consider them explorers and fighters and warriors and not savages. I mean, I hate to... It's the double standard that comes with uh, looking at other races i was gonna say it essentially it boils down to racism Mm -hmm. they look different i mean that's what happened when columbus came and you know terrorized the tainos 
and same with uh, Hernan Cortez and mm-hmm. Francisco Pizarro. Anyone that looks different, they just assume is barbaric. Yeah. And wrong, which is fucked up and wrong. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that he advocated for more and more increase to the army and navy that Congress had to multiple times tell him to calm the fuck down, which didn't stop him from making a power play of having the U.S. Navy tour the globe as one massive flex on everyone else. Yeah, what the fuck? I mean, is that the reason that we our defense spending is so fucking high? Like, more than the next, I think, seven countries combined? Quite possibly. He is credited with bringing the United States Army and military, Navy, etc., up to um, the strong standard that we have today. So mm. I'm assuming that's part of it. Mm. And lastly, there are the consequences of the actions that he pushed while he was in office. He was a man that did as he believed with little regard to the opinions of others. He was very strong-minded and very determined, and while I admit that a lot of what he did was for good, he also pulled some major shit. He is quoted saying, quote, While president, I have been president, emphatically. I have used every ounce of power there was in the office. I do not believe that any president ever had as thoroughly good a time as I have had, or has ever enjoyed himself as much, end quote. When he first got into office after the death of his predecessor, he played it cool with the executive orders for a while. But after he was reelected, he went a bit wild and used that power however he deemed suitable. Back to the Brownsville riot incident. Quote, This incident, along with his establishment of independent agencies within the executive branch and his bypassing of Congress and expanded use of executive orders to set aside public lands beyond the reach of the public, is why some historians see... In Roosevelt's presidency, the seeds of abuse that flowered in the administrations of later 20th century presidents, end quote. So while he was a well-beloved president, he still had many problems, and we're still trying to rectify them today. But I've said enough. He is a man who is deserving of respect, but he's not a man who is above criticism. Which is what we say, you and I have been saying since the start of this podcast, we should be able to be critical of our nation's history, mm-hmm. because being critical of that makes us more informed more and aware more and aware. we can make changes i mean when i learned about teddy roosevelt first of all i think it's interesting that both fdr and teddy roosevelt both really kind of abused their power and became almost authoritarian mm-hmm. when they were president I, I, just a run of the family i don't know um but if when i learned about teddy i learned only the good which gave me this kind of wrong biased thinking that this man had no faults to him every other president like Henry, uh, Herbert Hoover, mm-hmm. he gets a real bad rap for what he did during the Great Depression when necessarily he didn't do the wrong thing. He just wanted the people to work themselves out. He was the right president for the wrong time. Exactly. And like Calvin Coolidge, I mean, we have nothing negative about him, but he did jack shit. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's you have to learn both sides of everything to become a better person, I think. With every good comes a bad and with every bad comes a good. You just have to learn to balance them out. Mm-hmm. So you have to take one with the other in order to realize that, hey, he did good on this, but he could use more work on this. Yeah. Like, we're all human. We all fuck up sometimes. But these are presidents. And if we don't see the, the if we don't criticize the bad parts of the presidency, we'll continue to make the same mistakes in the future. Like we kind of pointed out, you and I, at the end. Because mm-hmm. if Teddy can get away with this, why can't any other president? And that's scary. That's a very frightening prospect. Yeah. If our leaders can get away with pulling whatever the fuck they want, despite other people saying, hey, you probably shouldn't do this, 
what's stopping them from doing whatever the hell they want especially, with all of the power? Yeah, especially the balance of powers. We have this this balance act, but executive orders, mm-hmm. they kind of abuse the system in their own way. They go above and beyond. And they got the idea of abusing it from Teddy. Teddy. So, yeah. Well, that's Teddy Roosevelt, y'all. Mm-hmm. So if you want any... Uh, <laughs> Uh, citations for this episode you can email us at fastpasspodcast at gmail.com or dm us on twitter at fastpast1 if you'd like to request any future episodes from us you can also email us or dm us at the same thing um yeah keep an eye out because jason and i eventually are going to start a youtube channel so you can see our lovely faces Mm -hmm. while we talk some shit about history yeah and until next time bye bye